Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. big demi energy listeners how's it going this week has been interesting i was on wwe again and i love going and being able to do that so i hope they have me back again other things that have happened big brother is getting out of control i don't know if you are interested in big brother and if you are and you don't watch the live feeds and skip past this so i don't spoil it for you but Mainly, Janelle, I would let her step on my throat. She is the most iconic queen I've ever seen in my life. And I don't understand how all these people in this house don't want to work with the number one most loved player of all time. And they think they have this delusion that America hates Janelle and is like rooting for them. That's actually insane to me. Every single person is rooting for Janelle. And I cannot wait for them to come out of this house and see that. I DM'd Keisha and I was like, hey, Keisha, are you actually at home or are you sequestered somewhere? Like, let me know. I need to know what's going on. Because I want to know if there's going to be like a battle back because they won't let Janelle go home unless there's like a battle back or a way for her to get back into the house. Because they know we're all watching for Janelle. And Kaser is incredible, but Kaser is being a little too trustworthy of some of these people in this house. He's kind of giving a little too much information away. I just can't believe that Nicole A. finds Janelle so sketchy and thinks that she's actually, like, using her to try to, like, divide the house. Like, no, Janelle... Everyone thinks Janelle is being some shady bitch this season. And it's like, did you guys ever actually watch Janelle? Because she does not stray from her alliance unless they turn on her. She is very straight up. She is not a sneaky schemer. Janelle is loyal and perfect and amazing. And I'm obsessed. It's a big bummer that my friend Nicole F. is against her because I'm like... Uh, can I call the BB house and be like, Nicole F, I need to talk to you. I need you to seriously stop plotting against Chanel because Janelle is better than anybody will ever be. And she's the queen and work with her, please. And who cares if you invited her to your wedding? I didn't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually watching the live feeds right now. My life has kind of been a bit consumed by big brother because i'm so obsessed with the live feeds and it's different because normally i just watch the episodes that come on tv and now i've been watching the live feeds and i feel so much more in tune with everything that's happening but also i'm like damn what's the point of watching the episodes i'm watching all these live feeds i know what's gonna happen the only thing like i'm looking forward to is the hoh competition because it happens live and i need Janelle or Kaser to win that HOH that's going to happen the day after this is released. Oh, man, it's stressing me out. But it's incredible. And if you don't know who Janelle is, you will want to know. And you will want to be her. And 
she's just the most badass woman I've ever seen in my life. The reason, though, that I think she is so badass is because she is a secure woman in herself. So, you know, I know sometimes, like, if I walk into a room and I meet somebody who intimidates me, if they don't, like... Uh, this is something that I'm learning, though, from watching her that is not correct. But like if I see someone who intimidates me and they don't coddle me or they don't make me feel like just, you know, they're not like, oh, Timmy, come here. And like, let me do and let me walk you around. Let me do all these things and stuff. Then I'm like, oh, boo, they don't like me. But no, that's not the case. Janelle is just existing. She is literally just living her life in this house. Here's a fake scenario of Janelle. Janelle walks into the kitchen and makes a sandwich. And there's other people in the kitchen. Janelle's not walking to the kitchen to talk to these people. She's walking to the kitchen to make a sandwich. So if she makes a sandwich and walks away, doesn't like, you know, have any unnecessary chit chat with people. She went in there to make the sandwich, right? And so she leaves the kitchen. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, she is so mean. Did you see that? Did you see what she just did? She's so mean. She didn't say a word to us, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, the girl went in there to make a sandwich. And she left because she was done making the sandwich. And Janelle has absolutely no idea that she has offended these people like this. That's a made up scenario. But that's kind of equivalent to the things that people are accusing her of. They Just because she's not coddling them, they think that she's a monster. They need to grow up. Janelle is a secure woman, and she doesn't even feel like... She doesn't feel the need to go and have these unnecessary conversations with people because she was just trying to make a sandwich. It's not that deep. And these new school kids think it's that deep because they're sensitive. And I get it. I've been sensitive like that. But if Janelle was in, if I was in Big Brother with Janelle, I'd be wiping her shoes with money. I'd have a $100 bill wiping the mud off her shoes. I would say I will do absolutely anything to work with you. You are a legend. You're an icon. She's incredible. I, I have to, I have to stop because I will go on all night about her. But I have been doing a lot of dancing around to music and just like trying to enjoy myself and trying to uh, get some endorphins going and not think about the fact that life is really strange right now. And speaking of dancing, I have a very special guest on today and we talk about some really, really good stuff about relationships and about Brexit and just pretty much surviving the time right now. And her name is Emma Slater. She was on Dancing with the Stars. And she is so beautiful. I remember meeting her the first time and I was so intimidated. Um, but she is really, really funny. And I could talk to her all day. So let's welcome her. So hi, Emma. I am so excited to talk to you. I talked to you a little bit at Dancing with the Stars, but I feel like we never got to spend enough time together. So I'm really excited to get to know you more. I know that was my sentiments as well. I was like, I love this chick. I, I felt like obviously I knew you from like the Bachelorette series and the old Bachelor series. 
And um, and so when you came, like, supporting Hannah this last season, I was like, damn it, we have to be friends. I have to get to know her. She's so cool. And you're the same. You're like a bombshell. You Every time we come up to you, like, hi, how's it going, sweetie? And it's awesome. I love your personality and I love your energy. Oh, thank you. I just, you know, I know how it is to feel like uh, uncomfortable or like, you know, you don't really know, like, uh, what people are going to think of you and so you're nervous or like you're scared of how someone's going to feel about you so anytime that I like say hi to someone I want them to know that they're like welcome with me and like, exactly and you made me feel that way with you you always like gave me a big squeeze and you made me feel really welcome and I really admired that about you oh thank you well love is the best <laughs> it really is so Emma tell the listeners where you're from because you have this gorgeous accent it's a very confused accent. Um, I'm from England. <laughs> it's so confused. I literally was just in Bristol Farms. No, no, uh, in Nordstrom, actually. Like, I had my mask on and I was socially distanced. But the, but the, the cashier lady was like, um, oh, my God, I love Australian people. And I just legit pretended I was Australian. But I'm actually British. And I get that all the time, the whole Aussie thing. It's because my husband's Australian. And I've got one of those annoying personality types where I just try to pick up what everyone's putting down but uh, I'm originally from Birmingham which is um, two hours north of London and uh, if you ever watch Peaky Blinders the Netflix series it's like that thick kind of horrible accent and it was voted the number one worst accent you can have in England if you ever want to be on TV so I was like wow that's like whammy like I'm out of here so then I had to move to London and kind of like dissipate the accent a bit I think it's ridiculous. Your accent is amazing. I definitely am the same way and don't think that it's annoying to have that quality of like picking up things from other people because I do the same thing all the time. I pick up all kinds of things. Like at one point I was talking to a guy who lived in Australia who was from Melbourne and and so I, I kept on like talking to my friends here in L.A. and I was like, what uh, what do you reckon? And like, I would like keep saying things like this. I was like, yeah, you reckon that and like all this. And I was like, uh, what was the, there was something that he said? I always, oh, I was like, how oh, happy days and all this stuff. Oh, I just literally posted a story like today that was like happy days. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Aussie and English, we have we have like the same sayings and the same way that we like say stuff. Uh, but yeah, they have loads of stuff. Like Sasha is really, my husband is really like put on some Aussie, like I'm like, what now? He will wake up and, and like um, just be like straight bogan. Bogan is like a term that they use in, in Australia when it's like you've got like the thickest almost like from the outback, like Australian accent, but that's him. Bogan. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I remember I had a um, Australian foreign exchange student that came to like my like church whenever I was in like high school or something. And she taught me some Australian terms and I still have them like in my notes on my phone today. And I remember one of them was a teeny bopper, which is like a annoying preteen or something like that. Teeny Bopper is like, uh, get out of here. Like, like a, like a 14, 15 year old little thinks they know it all type. Oh, Teeny Bopper. Yes, like an annoying little teenager. And I remember I said Teeny Boppers and I was actually like 15 too. So I don't know why I was saying it. But I thought it was just so cool. I was like, I know Australian slang. Like, I was having a ball with it. But Have you ever been? 
to Australia? No, I wish. I want to go there so bad. I've been to Europe. Uh, I've been to uh, Italy. I I just went to Italy in Europe. But then I also, in Asia, I went to Thailand and Singapore and uh, Vietnam. Spent time at the Chinese airport. But... I, I always wanted to go to Australia and I've been trying for a while now and it's like we can't go because of COVID. So I get it. Yeah. Good luck right now. But it's, it's worth it one day for sure. I love wireless earbuds so much. I mean, I'm pretty sure that everyone does. But like, why do we love them so much? Because we get to listen to what we want to listen to. Not what your roommate, neighbor, cat, dog or grandma is listening to. But wireless earbuds can be crazy expensive. So before you spend hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out Raycon wireless earbuds because that's what I use. Did y'all know that Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market? And they sound just as premium, baby. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable. You can listen to my podcast, dance around your room, or listen to my podcast while having them comfortably fit in your ears. Raycon is a game changer for me because I can work out. Whether that's like on the treadmill or going up and down the stairs in my apartment. And they stay put in my ears. Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. So I can avoid hearing people. And when they notice, I just show them my ears and say, Sorry, I can't hear you. I have my Raycon earbuds in. Raycon was founded by Ray J. And celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Brandy, and Mike Tyson are obsessed with Raycons. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Demi. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash Demi for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Demi. How did you, how old were you whenever you came to the U.S. and how did you find yourself coming over here? I don't know. Literally everything happened by luck. You know, um... I became a dancer when I was 16 in England. That's when you can drop out of school, not like drop out, but like finish high school and then do whatever it is you want. And I got offered this tour, this dancing tour. Um, so I was like, cool. And I don't know why, like everything just happened for a reason, or maybe I like wished for it in the universe or whatnot. And so um, I did that, ended up living in London up until I was 20, 20. And then I joined an international show called Burn the Floor, which is where I met Sasha, my husband. And we, and also Shana did the show as well. And Peter, like there was a whole group of us from the Dancing with the Stars cast that did this show. So we toured around the world and I did it for like two years. So I was technically kind of like homeless at that point. And then I came to America when I was 23. So 20, yeah, 23, just turned 23. And we, me and Sash, we both got invited to be on the show. It was like a dream come true. We moved over here. We got like a one bedroom sublet apartment in LA. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is so cool. We bought a ha- we bought a car on Craigslist for like no money. And it was a golf. And every time you closed the door and started driving, it would continuously beep. 
it leaked water. Like if it if it rained, I would have to run outside and make sure the car was parked in a specific direction. Otherwise, the water would go through the car door and into the car, and it would literally be like a a little paddling pool the next day. So I just coming to America it was like it was so fun. Like uh, kind of like just starting with with a new boyfriend and a new show, like a new venture. And just being in a new place and being like, you know, I'm just going to be open to whatever happens. And I'm so grateful. So what is that um, immigration process like coming from a different country? Because I've obviously always lived in America and I am very interested in how it is trying to get over here. Or did you feel like you got advantages because of the fact that you were working on a show or? That was the advantage I had. So um, the first time. I had a visa previously, an O-1 visa, or actually, no, P, it was called a P-1 visa. It was a performance visa, but that was with a different show. With When I f- actually came out for Dancing with the Stars, they put me on an O-1 visa and the BBC sponsored it. So the BBC made it happen. And so I just had to provide them with details like, you know, where where I lived, my passport details and all that. And they did it all for me, which was absolutely amazing. And then about two years after I had that, I, me and Sash decided we should go for our green card. And that was a little bit more work. Like we had to petition basically to the US why we want to stay here, what we could offer, what we've been doing, the fact that we've been paying taxes, try to overwhelm them with as much material as possible. And then that wasn't, I will say that wasn't too hard, but my sister is going through probably a more truer form of immigration. She is obviously English too. She's my twin and she's going through a visa process right now. And it's my company that is sponsoring her because we work together. She's been my stylist. She's um, a seamstress. She's been working. She works in a fantastic fashion house over here. Um, And her, visa is up so she's petitioning for a new one and it is that is quite difficult they do want a lot of stuff so i don't know right now with what's going on with trump and immigration whether they'll actually let her in i'm pretty hopeful that they will but it's just a tedious it is difficult like all we want to do is get into the states and you know it's really it's really up to how strong your visa application is and it can kind of suck how long it takes yeah it's pretty bizarre to me like i don't know everything about it. Obviously, I don't know the right way to approach it. But I just think that it's crazy that we're all just on a planet. And we're all just blobs of cells. And we can't just like, you know, live wherever we want to live in this world that all of us just randomly appeared on. It's it's just but I mean, I'm not a leader. I'm not a politician. I don't know the right way to go about it. I'm sure it could get chaotic in some like, you know, there's there could be chaos if it wasn't regulated. I don't know the right regulations, but I'm just always curious to hear about it because I have an uncle and he married a woman from the Philippines and it took a long, long time for her to finally get over here. It was like a years long process. Like he had to go over there and uh, I can't. I don't know if they got married there or here, but it was just like a bunch of work. And it was like just for two people to be together in the States. But it's like, I don't know if you just had like open borders, if like everybody would just move here and then it'd be overpopulated uh, or, you know, if people would come over here to try to harm us or if, 
you know, we, we as Americans could go over to other countries and try to harm them. Like, I don't know the right regulations. It's just it's all over my head. I'm just curious to learn more and more about it, especially from people who aren't from the States, because I don't know like how it is to try to get into them. I remember I had a man that I worked with and uh, he was a security guard. And his name was Franklin, and he was so awesome. He was from Africa. And I was, every day, like, I would talk to him and stuff. And one day, I was like, Franklin, is your family here with you? Like, do you have your family here with you in America? And he was like, no, they can't get over here. Like, they can't uh, get the visas. The reason I did is because I'm a weekend warrior and blah, blah. And I was like, well, Franklin... If it was my choice, I would take a private jet over there to Africa and I would load your family up and I'd bring them right back over here to you. And I wish it was like that simple, but obviously it's not because there's so many regulations and crazy things going on. But it's just interesting for me to try to learn more and more about it as an American. Well, I have a um, British passport. And so recently we just went through Brexit and it's now in force. So before... I had like unlimited access travel to, well, everybody with an EU passport has, you know, access to the whole of Europe, who who is also in the EU, like all the countries that are also involved in the EU. And now England is out of that. Or yeah, just England, not, not the whole of, actually, no, the whole of UK. The whole of the UK is out of the EU. So now, to my knowledge, we have to get visas and I haven't been back there in five years, so I might be off with my info. But we have to get visas to go to, like, France. I used to go to France on a ferry for the weekend and not do and just sit on the beach and just, like, walk around and chill. Now we have to get visas to do that, just to document that we're going in. We, you can get to Paris from London in 55 minutes. And then from there on train, uh, by train. And you, and you just get on there, you know, the whatever, five o'clock to Paris and you're there 55 minutes later. The whole connectivity of, the, of Europe is fantastic. But now it's kind of stripped away from us and it's really sad because that's not what I would have voted for if I was there. And um, yeah, I just feel really, really sad that we're not no longer in the family of the EU and we can't have the benefits of being in like Europe. It's like its culture is insane. So it's really sad. That is crazy to me. I never uh, really understood or I guess, you know, maybe I chose ignorance is bliss about Brexit because I don't really understand how any of that works. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you just showed me a side of it. Like, so now you have to have a passport to go somewhere like you said Paris is 55 minutes away. Yeah, 55 minutes away on a train, but it's not as simple now. Now coming from the UK you have to sign a visa, sorry, sign a yeah visa or a visa waiver just to get in there. Well, we used to be able to go and work. That was the main thing. Like we could go and work. I mean, I'm sure I'm getting this right, but maybe I'm not. We, I, If I got a job in like Germany or Poland or, you know, Latvia or wherever, I could go and work there and it would be not so much of a big deal and it's doable. You know, we're all part of the, the EU. Um, but now when we're not, we would have to get a visa and fill out, go through the whole process of being allowed to live there and work there. I think maybe we can still travel, but the working there and the living there is, uh, you, we, we can no longer just do that freely. We can't roam freely anymore. It's like our borders are closed. So I, I apologize for my ignorance because I really am unfamiliar with like the history and stuff of Europe. So the EU was all one thing and then Brexit, it caused UK to be its own thing? Yes. So EU is, stands for European Union. 
pretty much uh, all of the countries in Europe are part of the EU. Um, and then England or UK, England was the strong, I guess the strongest factor, but UK start like we did Brexit. So that was our exit from the, from the EU. And, um, and that kind of started, you know, we, we were maybe thinking that other countries might do the same, but the consensus was we all had a vote in England or in the UK because people were, there was a lot of um, terrorism and there was a lot of attacks going on in Europe and we were getting a lot of publicity that this is a really dangerous place and lots of people are coming in to seek asylum and but but they're but they're posing as asylum seekers and it's a, they're actually committing acts of terrorism that's all in the media and uh, it's a, you know a lot of it's propaganda and that's what they want you to believe but it put a lot of fear into people and that's really what initiated brexit was oh my god we have to close our borders we don't know who we're letting in and if they're here for the right reasons and everybody's got bombs these days like uh that's what i feel like kind of happened again it wouldn't have been my vote um but that's what happened I get that. I understand that now that thank you for explaining that to me because I've like never understood it fully. And I feel like whenever I read about it, it kind of goes over my head. But you kind of explained it to me like I'm five, which I like that. Like, I'm always like, explain to me like I'm five, like, give it to me the most simplest way you can. And I'm really, that's really unfortunate that that is that way now. And that's crazy to think of because, you know, you always just I mean, as an American, I associate like UK with Europe and now it's like completely separate. And I don't think that a lot of people, uh, probably the youth of America really understand like what's going on over there and how that's probably affecting. I mean, it is affecting millions of people. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. There was, there was questions about like imports, like are we going to pay, is you, the UK going to pay higher tax? Because the European Union is like an agreement, like a union. So everybody who's in it gets favorable um, import exports. We're all allowed to travel. We're all allowed to trade in between the countries. Obviously, we're, in leaving the EU, we're still going to be part of Europe. We're just not part of this agreement anymore where we can travel and we can't get, you know, certain imports or fa um, I guess favorable taxes and things like that that um so i i still don't know what it means in terms of getting like you know do we do we still going to get like i don't know imports from france are we still going to get like cool stuff are we able to like go there and work and i'm pretty sure we're not yeah and well like covid doesn't help with any of that because now oh, yeah. covid complicates everything oh yeah my sister just went out to uh england and she had to quarantine for two weeks and it's the same like if you're going to australia i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's the same and everywhere um but you're not even allowed to go back there if you're not a citizen i believe wow i don't even know what the laws are with uh the u.s right now because i feel like they keep changing i know every day is a is a change I get my CNN updates and I'm like, oh, wait, what? Can I go anywhere or not? So I love learning about new things and trying new hobbies. I just love challenging my brain. And creativity and inspiration are what I thrive off of. I kind of felt like I lost all sight of them until I discovered Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Furthermore, there are so many important conversations happening in our world, so our voices are more essential than ever. Skillshare gives the opportunity to unlock your creativity for social good. 
I've always enjoyed illustrating, but didn't really know what I was doing, like, technically. That's why I took the class on Skillshare called Mastering Illustration, Sketching, Inking, and Color Essentials by Josiah Brooks. I didn't even know what inking was before this class, but this class helped me learn a structure of illustrating. Instead of just attacking a canvas with absolutely no strategy, this class taught me techniques to improve my art. Who would have known that color could play with lighting? I'm new here. Cut me some slack. I value how this class taught me to improve my techniques so I could be more satisfied with my creativity. That's just the beginning of Skillshare. They have so many classes and so much to learn. Skillshare offers membership with meaning. Skillshare has classes to fit your schedule and skill level, and they are incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Like, yes. Explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash Demi. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash Demi. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E dot com slash Demi. Uh, where do you live in the U.S.? Uh, we live in Studio City, uh, Los Angeles, so it's like over the hill. Why, what? Girl, I'm in Sherman Oaks. You, <laughs> Sherman Oaks is the best. There's a coffee shop there called The Joint. It is so good. It's just past Woodman. It's a wicked. I mean, Sherman Oaks is the nuts. I love it. Oh, yeah, I live in Sherman Oaks. Uh, I live pretty much like right on like the line of like Sherman Oaks, Studio City. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. So, a, that's, where the, that's where the the red door the we love coffee like i'm always like oh i know places by their by their coffee like counterparts but the red doors right there fills coffee sweet greens there's some great stuff there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so we're really close we're neighbors i know we're neighbors howdy neighbor i know right why are we together right now oh wait pandemic i know right <laughs> i've been tested for covid probably seven times now <laughs> Oh, really? I've been tested once. You've never had it? No. Okay, yeah. I've been tested once or twice. Twice, I think. And yes, I've never had it. I thought that there might have been a chance. We just did the Dancing with the Stars tour that finished earlier this year. And we actually had to finish early, like a month early. And um, there was, at one point, we were sick on the show. And I don't think I've, um, uh, I've like really thought about it up until like a month ago. But we were sick. And I was like, gosh, I wonder if that was COVID. But I've since done tests and I've got no antibodies or whatever. I've done the antibody test too. And I've been around people that for sure tested positive for COVID. And I was like, okay, well, like I have to quarantine with you because I probably have it and you're not leaving me by myself. And then I got tested like a week later, negative, two weeks later, negative. Like, you know, after I got tested negative first time, I was like, okay, you can leave. Got tested again a week later, still negative. Have been tested continuously after. And have still been negative every time. But, and the antibody test though was negative, which was weird to me, but they said that's not that accurate. But I think I may have got it whenever I was in Italy at the end of January because I got, I got a little sick there. And I remember having like a sore throat and I was, I just like knew, like I don't get sick often. I have a very good immune system. 
And I was like, man, I feel kind of sick. Like I was with Katie and I was like, I don't feel too great. And uh, it wasn't too bad, though. Like I kept going through the day and stuff. It wasn't it didn't hit me hard. I just knew I didn't feel right. And then I uh, flew to the Bahamas to see my stepmom for her 50th birthday. And then I flew back and on my way back to L.A., there was a girl sitting next to me and we were talking the whole time, having a great time. And then she texted me because like she was like, let's hang out this weekend. I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sick. And I was like, oh, my God, did I give her covid (laughs) like before covid was even a thing? Like before we even knew about it. Wow. You never know because you're right. I actually don't know if these antibody tests are accurate. Like there's no one really knows. I've heard stories of people that have, um, have like set an appointment for the test, never taken the test. And then three or four days later got a, a, a positive result, but they've never taken the test. So I think it's all a bit like up in the air. Exactly. It's, it's so, uh, I don't know. You just never know. So that's why I just keep getting them. I'm like, just keep giving me the test so I can like, you know, I've had so many swabs up my nose. I can't even keep count of them. But I'm just like, I just want to know because I, I have been like traveling to do things like, you know, I've been having to obviously travel to go do WWE stuff. And whenever I get there, like I have to isolate and test and then I have to go home and then I get home and I'm like, okay, I need to test again because I don't know what could have happened while I was there. And I've been on planes and like, I always wear my mask and it's, it's just wild. It's, it's, I, I hate that the tests cannot be a hundred percent accurate, but I understand that that's probably not possible, but it's just like. I don't know. The more tests for me, the merrier, because I don't know if I've had it before. I heard about a new strain being mutated and is now like in Malaysia. The strain that we have here isn't the strain Malaysia had. And now they have this new strain that came from like the U.S. primarily. And it's like, what do we do? What do we do? I know. It's I, I, I honestly have no idea. It's literally just kind of we just have to be keep doing what we're doing and that's just like protecting ourselves and isolating. But yeah, that's that's crazy. Gosh, I hope not. I hope there's not another um another like surge. I know, me too. Okay, well enough about COVID. That it's yeah. it's making yeah. me sad. I don't listen to the news anymore because I'm like, Oh, I can't do it. My husband puts the news on. I'm like, no, let's put some music on or some a podcast. Your podcast, yay! Oh yes, thank you for that. I know right? it's like I try not to be too ignorant, but ignorance really is bliss. And so, like, if I don't know what's going on, I'm just like, okay, I feel better because I get such bad anxiety, right? And then right. I start like freaking out about it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Like what? You know, my parents are not young anymore like my grandparents everybody i'm like y'all keep yourselves inside yeah don't go anywhere but um you know the one of the worst things though is just to like over stress yourself or to where you can't sleep or you can't like you're scared to like really do anything i just feel like um anxiety and even staying at home is necessary but i feel like that's such an issue for so many people like and for mental health too i can't imagine the amount of people that are like stressed out their heads and it's like so sad like i really don't want people to be stressed and now's about that time where the only the silver lining for me kind of staying in with sash and and having all this time was i was able to reflect be forced to stop and to reflect and be like okay 
you know what actually brings happiness in my life what what value do i have i love working but like work is not it's kind of like a bad answer you know what do you love in your life what brings value oh work it's kind of like well hang on there's going to be something more to your life than that and um, it like really slowed me down and made me think, you know what, like there is so much more that I want to learn or uh, stuff I want to be uh, appreciative of. I started doing like a great uh, gratitude journal. I started reading the books. You know, you've got a pile of books and I'm like, I will get round to them and you just never do. So I started to attack all those things. I started to like go on walks, like like either with Sash or just by myself and I feel like it's the break that this is the silver lining because I obviously don't like what's going on in the world right now, but it is the break I personally needed. Um, or at least I took advantage of it in that way. I totally agree with you. I have needed, I mean, of course, like you're saying, it's a silver lining because I have needed a break. I've needed to slow down. I have been, since I got off The Bachelor, I swear it's been back and forth and back and forth, like all over the place. And then getting trips and going flying places I've never been to. And I loved all that so much. But I am kind of like a homebody and I, I need to like have my time at home. And so it's been really nice for me to be able to take like a positive approach on it and be like well now I have the time to like you said do the things like read the books I haven't read or like you know just spend time like with my kitty cats and like feel kind of like a normal person yeah oh my god they love it but like you know have time like a normal person and um, do the things that I like to do like things I like to do at home instead of always being like on the go and like always having a suitcase packed like Obviously, right now I have done this new endeavor with WWE, so I have had a suitcase packed, like because you know I keep going back and forth out there. I'm actually gonna be on uh, tonight, but this won't air till Wednesday, so no spoilers. But I just went back out there, and so it's nice to have an excuse to just be like, you know what? No, I don't want to go to those like brunch plans. I don't want to go. And waste my time at some event that probably means nothing and is just like for some promotional company or something. Right. 100%. Yeah. So that has been really nice. How has your relationship been during quarantine? Well, um, my husband's very, it's not a boring life I have. Like, thank God. My husband is very uh, energetic. Let's put it that way. He is constantly doing things around the house. Like at first we started doing some house projects. So we, I, we did a bathroom and we had, um, we had uh, a whole one of our bathrooms kind of like redone. And then we thought, well, we should actually not have like people come into the house. Um, and so we started like cooking. Like my husband's really good cook. Like he's a great chef, but I, I swear to God, every day we wake up, like he's so, um, he's so unpredictably entertaining that I, I'm never bored. The last like two months, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, right, it, my new favorite sentence to say is, Sasha, I need some me time. I just need some me time. So I feel like I was a, always a, um extrovert, always, but then I've kind of transitioned into an extrovert uh introvert you know you can have people that are both i just figured out that you can you can be both so i've transitioned into both and i really do need alone time um and sasha knows that now because if i if we're in each other's face all the time which we are actually used to because we dance together we live together there's not too much time we're apart anyway but this quarantine was obviously like quite a lot um and i think that we managed like pretty good but uh 
I will, if I need alone time, I will get into my car and I will go and drive up more Holland and put music on. And it's like meditation for me. And he's fine. And he needs that too. Well, he needs a little less than me, but I do need it. And he's very uh, respectful of that. Uh, yeah. So I feel like we've done okay. Like we, we're not massively argumentative type of people, um, but we communicate completely different. Like, we, have you ever read the book, The Five Love Languages? Yeah, I haven't read the book, but I know about the five love languages. Right. So, so I'm very much a words of affirmation type of person and also physical touch. And he is very much an acts of service. Speaking of speaking of the devil, go say hi to Demi. This is Sash. You met Sash. Uh, hi. What's up? How's it going? Good. It's so good to see you. Nice pigtails. I know. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Getting very like Spice Girl vibes. I know you look like Emma Bunton, Baby Spice. Baby Spice, but with glasses. Yeah, but with the glasses. So smart Spice. Are you guys having fun? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Love about you. Oh, so gosh. you can bugger off. Go on. See, don't let her talk to me like that. I love her. No, I love it. <laughs> did I did I blow in your face? I'm sorry. Um, okay, he's got he's been doing nunchucks. You see what I mean? Like he's been doing nunchucks. Who does nunchuck? Like he will entertain himself. Like he he's got nunchuck skills. So that he's been doing that, and so you know the and teaching Ruby how, our dog how to talk, which she doesn't do. She does a, she does a lot of things, but she doesn't talk. But anyway, um, so he is an acts of service type person. And I like appreciate that. Like I know that. And, and I know that that's also how he receives it. Like he does a lot of, he's very much a service person. He does a lot and he loves to do it, but that's definitely also how he receives it. And I can be like a, a real messy person sometimes. And, um, and so I have to be careful that I make sure that I give him what he needs, but also he can, you know, I'm very open about, okay, I need, I need words. If you can, please, you know, I don't want to try to change you, but like, I do need words. I do need you to state the obvious and like, don't hold anything back. And, um, and you know, I need constant like reminders all the time. I'm a bit intense. I'm quite full on. I, I totally agree with that because I used to think that I was, which I still am in a way, like one of mine is like acts of service. Like I, I, like the nicest thing that you could do for me is take something off of my plate. Yeah. But I also, if I say like, hey, I need you to tell me something, like tell me something, like I need those words of affirmation, like tell me why you love me or tell me this, like I, I need that too, which I didn't think I was a words of affirmation person. And now like going through my last relationship, like I realized like, you know, we broke up and everything and I reflected upon it and I was like, I actually am a words of affirmation person. Yeah. Whereas my ex was, a, I need everything and anything from you. He needed all of the love languages. Really? He needed everything? Gosh, that's, that's tiring. Oh, yeah. Very tiring. But I do like guys that are very expressive and emotional. Like, I like emotional guys and people that are very, very expressive. And Anybody. If people, women, anybody I meet, I like people that are really, like, emotional and kind of, like, in touch with, with, um, with how they feel me too like you know whenever you meet somebody and like you can tell like they get it and like they have like this 
that uh, I don't know if maybe if it's like the empathy or if it's if it's like the consideration. It's just like you meet people and you can tell that you can like connect with them on an emotional level. And they like, you know, they aren't the kind of person who maybe isn't that way, which is fine to not be that way. But for me personally, I prefer to have people in my life who can understand emotions and be empathetic towards me because I'm very empathetic towards others. And so, like, oh, I'm so empathetic. Empathy is like, empathy is like huge for me. Actually, it was a bit, it's a bit of an issue sometimes because I don't want to, if someone's getting engaged, like on a TV show or like on your show or anywhere, I will f- literally feel what other people are feeling. And it's like that empathetic side is like so intense and so crazy. Do you feel that too? Oh my gosh, yes. I can watch either reality, like from reality shows to staged, like, you know, TV shows and series and stuff like that. And I, I can cry over anything if like they, if it's like you produced right to where the right music is there and I'm feeling for this person. And like, next thing I know, I'm crying because I'm like, I feel what you're going through. And then I'm like, if it's, you know, like a produced TV show, not like a reality show. I'm like, Demi, these are actors there. This is a, this is a show. This is not real. But I'm like, I'm still sitting here crying because they portrayed such a beautiful message and like such a beautiful, relatable scene. Now I have empathy for the brilliance of the writers of the show. Right. But it's good to be that affected. It's good to feel all those things. Like you just got to know how to protect yourself. But it is great. Yeah. If it is a gift, it's, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like that's a great thing to have. I think so, too. Waking up in the morning is so hard for me. I roll around for a while, and when I finally get out of bed, I have a strategy of how I stay out of bed. I make it. Making my bed starts my day off with an act of productivity. And what's better than starting off your day by making your bed? The sheets that go in it. That's why I go with Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen made me proud to show off my bed. I will have friends sleep over, and I'm like, girl, you're going to love these sheets. And obviously they always do. My bed is like a cloud with Brooklyn and bedding. The thing about bedding is that I never know what to buy. They have so many different pieces of bedding that I get really overwhelmed. The thing I love about Brooklinen is that they have big savings on big bedding bundles that include a duvet, a core sheet set, and extra pillowcases. And I take reviews very seriously whenever I'm purchasing something, and Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Brooklinen sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. Hallelujah. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code DEMI only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com and Demi as your promo code. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. So speaking of you and Sasha, is it Sasha or Sasha? Sasha, Sasha, whatever you want. What is he like? He, Sasha, Sasha. Sasha? Yeah, Sasha's very posh. So Sasha. Sasha. Okay. So I know that you guys had, I was like reading some stuff today and you guys had broken up at one point. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know anything about that. How did you guys decide to get back together? And like, how did you guys end up getting married? Like, what what was the conversation there? And like, um, what did you have any like uh, certain like requirements that he meet or like I don't know who broke up with who did he have that like what was the story because I find it very fascinating getting back together with an ex and then getting married Uh, right and so what happened was um we were together for about four years and it was kind it was a break a lack of communication the communication broke down and uh it kind of went on for like nine or ten months and um at the end of that I just, we were best friends and that's all it was. And I said to Sash, you know, I'd just been away. Um, I'd been away on some um, cruises, but they'd last, it was for Dancing with Stars, it lasted for a while. And he didn't want to come out and and experience it with me because he had other things going on. And to me, I just took it that it wasn't really a priority to him, even though he legit had other things going on. So it was like a breakdown in communication and it was a nice, you know, like separation but they basically ended and and then we lived in the same house for a year so we never really got away from each other we went on tour together but we were like we never slipped up it wasn't like we were kind of together but not like we weren't together like we saw other people and so a a year afterwards I was like you have to move out like you've been saying it like you have to move out I'm still your best friend I still love you like I'll help you move so we went to see and he was like great can you help me move I was like yes so we went to see an apartment and um and in the apartment it was so cute and in the apartment he was like oh my god you could be sitting over here writing like you would love this balcony and what if we put what if we like um, what if we moved in here and then we sublet the place we're at? Like, and, and he was talking like this was our apartment, not his. And that was not the agreement. And then we went into the garden and he was like, do you still love me? And I did still love him at the time. And I said, yeah, I still love you. And he was like, I, I still love you. I, I, I'm, And that was it. We actually didn't talk then for a bit. And we got in the car and I was sitting in the car and I was like, what just happened? Like, I don't really know what this means so there was all kind there was so many residual like feelings and energies um and the end of the day he is my best friend and he in that year I felt and this was absolutely by no means just a stuff that he needed to work on it was stuff that I needed to work on too and we needed to work on separately um but in that year I felt like he he became more positive and flick flick to switch and um and it was something that I liked and that I saw and so that made it hard for me to move on and and so we got back together and and it was I felt like we understood each other so much more for having that year off and I was really grateful I love hearing that it shows that uh, even if it's not the right time, it can grow to be like the right time, you know? Yeah. it. Re- I mean, we were together for so long and that one year was so valuable to us afterwards. Like in hindsight, we'd, I'd look back and I'd be like, gosh, yeah, it wasn't the same without him. And I don't want to be dependent on anyone. And I really kind of wasn't, but I... I still love the person that he is. And we both know now, okay, I started to understand 
even if he doesn't say things, he still feels them. And he started to understand she needs me to say things. And I feel like we found a happy medium and it was like so much better for at first both. But yeah, you're right. Timing is a really important thing. That's interesting that you say that though, because I, a lot of the time, whenever I like someone or if I've been in a relationship with someone, I think about, uh, like, am I making more of a deal out of it? And they're just like not thinking about it. Like, am I interpreting their behavior in a way that they're not meaning it? But I don't get the reassurance if they like if I say I need it and I don't get it. Or, you know what I mean? If like I bring up a problem and you're saying that he, you know, goes out of his way to like, you know, kind of give you that. So like, yeah, he does. There's like dating in the industry is really hard. And I especially now I can get like really insecure in relationships. And I just wanted to ask you if you have any insecurities and if you do, I mean, I'm sure you do your human and how you process them and how you cope with them. Insecurities in uh, like a love light, like in myself, when it comes to be like being with other people or in general, uh, both, honestly, I would like to hear both. Yeah, I, I think I became a lot more in my head uh, in the last few years. I would always, um, in school, I, when I was younger, I had such a carefree attitude. And now I definitely find myself thinking, God, was it was it acceptable what I just said? Or uh, am I making, am I, am I coming across as a bit of a like biatch? Like I, I just, I always never want to trespass on someone's time. I always want to appear polite, but sometimes I'll say like a, like a joke and um, and it might be a culture thing and it doesn't get brushed off as quickly as I think it would do and it might linger a little bit and I'm like oh god did I just say something like really on story of my life story of my life I'm I joke I take it way too far all the time and I don't realize it and then I'm like oh are they mad at me <laughs> yeah and then I have to be like oh by the way like totally didn't it was just a sentence like I really didn't have any kind of like emotional power behind that like I just was trying to lighten the mood and it just went a bit yeah Um, so you know me all the time that's probably the, the the insecurity that I I think of actively a lot because my head does go there like oh gosh am I being as pleasant am I being as as forthcoming as I as I could be um, but it's kind of gotten a little bit better, maybe because I haven't been interacting with so many people. But um, I love, like you said, like one of the first things that we spoke about was you you love to go out of your way to make people feel comfortable and strip back their wall. I feel like everybody has that wall, you know, and I like to be kind of like open and let everybody in um and so i kind of try to do the same with them like i try to just be be really real um i guess i used to hold back a little bit and so now i've just gotten to the point maybe it's just growing up and the the age where i'm at where i'm like well if they don't like me i'm okay with that so i think that my insecurities have quietened a little bit um but um yeah i i I have body insecurities all the time i would say i have that just as much as i have the insecurities about saying the wrong thing body insecurities you have an amazing body but i get it thank you but you know what i mean like everybody i feel like everybody in some form has like oh god i wish i could change this i wish i could change that but i totally have that and maybe it seems like um 
it maybe seems like like not a, like a cool thing to say but like yeah i definitely i definitely fall for that i don't think it's not a cool thing to say i think that it's completely fair like we have these crazy beauty standards that are forced upon us that we didn't sign up for and everything makes us question ourselves like i'm everyone's like oh my gosh you're so tiny i wish i looked like you like you're so tiny and i'm like yeah well you know what i wish i wish i had a big butt because everybody has big butts and everyone loves big booties now and i don't have a big booty and i feel insecure about my butt so while you're like you know, thinking how amazing my little tiny body is. I'm thinking about how my short, like my shortcomings of like not meeting these beauty standards. And it's driving me crazy, especially recently, like in COVID, because we have more time to be on social, more time to be seeing what people are talking about. And, uh, you know, I've had instances with people who I've been interested in or talking to or dating, and they are like all always looking at these girls with amazing bodies and like bikini photos on Instagram, like looking phenomenal. And they're like, you know, models like, Oh, I'm like five, two and three quarters, not to be too too specific, but, uh, and, and they're like, you know, obviously taller than that. And they have like big juicy booties and like toned abs and all this stuff. And it just like makes me second guess myself all the time. And it's so hard. It's, it's like a thing where I like tell myself every day, it's like, okay, like if that doesn't matter to me, like if I'm not into having this perfect body, if I w- would rather, you know, sit around and like play video games, read a book, laugh and watch a stupid TV show and, you know, make dinner and goof around, like if those are my values, then why would I be with somebody who I think is valuing more like a physical appearance and stuff like that that's like the worst turn off for me is when i hate that is when um i mean guys and girls but of course in my position if i've ever been dating someone or single or whatever which has not really been you know single not too much in my life but um if i've ever been dating someone if i'm if i'm if i'm speaking to someone who's really interested in in not with me but like who's expressed it said comments about people's figure or people's weight or has made uh, remarks that are just purely based on like physical appearance generally not about me but about other people good or bad it's such i don't see i don't i don't like that um quality in someone it's only just looking surface level i literally hate vanity and ego and it's like the worst turn off It's just so shallow and it's like uh, it's you kind of I don't know if you've ever been in like a toxic relationship with someone, but like whenever you get into that and you start questioning yourself and feeling not good enough and feeling like you need to be this person that like they want you to be whenever it comes to how you physically appear or like how uh, you are finding yourself comparing yourself to other people. It's like why like I have to like take myself out and objectively look at the situation and be like why am I even wasting my time with this person because I know I'm a a very empathetic person I know I'd do anything for you I know I'd make you laugh every day of your life and if you are gonna like even make me doubt myself for one second because you are obsessed with these surface level things and I'm not like perfect to that like I'm not 
like super fit to the T and I'm not all these things like, okay, I'm not even worried about it then because you're not valuing me. And if you're not valuing me, like, why am I wasting my time valuing you? Because you're the scumbag. Well, they have no value. You know, I don't even I don't even go for people like that. I'm not even remotely attracted to people like that. I am, I only ever really am attracted to people that, that have like that are funny and that have good personalities. That's like literally the when I look at everybody that I've been into, it's like they're funny and that's and like, you know, got good intentions, like nice. That's literally the only thing that's been the same with all of them. That's the best part about people for me, too, because like I like funny people. I like to laugh. And there's been times, though, where I have been fooled because it's like they want to get you. And so they act funny. Yeah, they act funny. They get you. They maybe even are funny. But then you get to know them more and more. And then you realize, oh, they don't value the same things as I value. And I'm still sitting here wasting my time. And I'm feeling like I'm being valued less and less and I'm being more like objectified and I, I get confused and I don't know what to do. But now I feel like I'm like growing into this part of my life where I'm like that, like, I don't have time for that. Do you like nice guys? Do you like the nice guys or do you kind of like the bad guys? I like everyone. I like nice guys, nice girls, bad girls, good guys, bad guys girls whatever <laughs> right 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 I so just like, you don't have a specific like personality type i think that i definitely go for people who i like initially i go for people who are unattainable or seem unattainable or like maybe are a little risky um and then it comes back to bite me in the ass so now i'm at a point where i'm like completely starting over and i'm like i just need to work on myself and figure out what i want because i'm not chasing anybody anymore i'm not asking anyone to chase me i'm asking for mutualism and like it just being like something that's natural which is what i thought i had but then it ended up just like it it was a lot of somebody else like the other person being fake with me and me giving it my all and then being made to feel like I wasn't and manipulation and stuff like that. So, um, I just, I don't know. I just learned a lot from my last relationship and it hurt a lot, but like we started becoming friends again and like kind of maybe starting to work on it. And then it was this, the same shit he pulled and he was just like, I need to work on me. And I was like, okay, you i'm done yeah right 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 you either want me or you don't there this is nonsense like you don't get me when it's convenient but yeah so what do you think is the most important part of making a relationship last um i think that it's a couple of things i think that it's um your connection is the most important thing the connection that seems kind of vague but whatever connection that you have with the person it's sometimes there's that connection that is just like divine and you can't explain it but you're just like connected and it just pulls you in and you can't help but put your energy into it because the energy just flows there it's just insane so i think connection is is number one then you've got like passion 
like laughter like humor like just being best friends and laughing every day and you don't even need to have the commonalities like uh, same interests you could be completely different people but you do need to understand each other and then just like honesty just like being you no matter what and and even if you think for, for like me and sash i could be me no matter what in any situation and I know that it's accepted by him and he and vice versa. You know, we really do have each other's backs. But the but the connection um is like huge. I I love that. I, I definitely believe in that, like having the connection thing. And I think it's really important that you said that you can just be yourself around him no matter what, because I have been in relationships in the past or even friendships where I feel like I have to be somebody else to get their approval. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You have to like shut down parts of your personality because you are like scared of how they're going to react to it. And that is so uncomfortable and it's so draining and then you end up just like not even knowing what to say, what to do. And I think a lot of people do that and they just want to like, you know, conform to somebody so they'll like them. And I know I've done it. So I hate that. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you said like that's one of the things. I've um, got no time to conform to people anymore. Like I will be nice and I will accept I want to accept everybody exactly the way they are. Like I pride myself on that. Like I really come as you are. I want to accept you. Even if you're an asshole, I will like yeah, you're a bit of an asshole, aren't you? But who cares? Like no no one really cares. At least I don't. So I I just want all of you and and as long as you're not like mean to other people you don't put people down like especially when i'm around you well in, in any situation but if i'm around somebody who's putting somebody else down i will walk away or start a huge argument and one of those things will happen but i i just want everybody to be themselves and like i don't care if you you've got tendencies that like might turn other people off i will literally try my best to accept everything and understand it or try to understand it because i love that i love the human connection i think it's amazing and i think we should we should all just try to accept that everybody's different like no no one's going to be like you like me there's only one of you there's only one of me there's only one of everyone so we should all just like get used to that idea and just accept that people are different than you and it's wonderful and it's awesome and like, I'm trying not to get so hung up. You know, some some people say stuff that they don't really mean. And I'm trying to listen to why they said it, not what they said. I love that because that is part of, like, we were talking about, like, being empaths and being understanding and, like, wanting to make people feel good. Because I'm the same way. Like, some people uh, that I'm friends with, people be like, oh, my gosh, like, they're an asshole. They're the worst. And I'm like, no, you just don't understand them. And like, I choose to like, they're not harming me or anyone else around me. They just have a different way of communicating. And that doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And what might be perceived as being an asshole is just maybe being misunderstood. Like maybe they're more direct. Maybe they don't, you know, they don't have the same approach as you have. And you can't deem them an asshole just because they uh communicate differently than you and so i give everyone the chance and i try to understand them until i see them either hurting somebody else or hurting themselves and then that's whenever i will start an argument about it but like you said i give everyone the benefit of the doubt and i give everyone a chance and i love that you're that way too it's all about empathy 
right and also do you really want to carry somebody else's baggage like if you if you have strong feelings towards someone you're the one that's going to carry that like i believe even that so i don't want to i'm i don't need to pick that up i'm just going to be like hey cool unless it like crosses that you know like a really far line exactly and it's a lot of like uh brain power and like self-control to be like okay I can decide like this person is worth it or not worth it. And then once you realize they're not worth it, it's a lot of like brain power, especially if it's in relationships to be like, I'm not going to let somebody treat me like that because I know that I'm a really good person and I know that I wouldn't do that to them or I would like I value myself too much to let somebody treat me like that. I'll give you a few like times if you're, you know, upset, I'll let you slip up and I'll be like, okay, I'll forgive you if you're sorry. But whenever it becomes a pattern, then it's like, nope, this is, you're going to constantly do this to me and I'm too smart for that. And I'm not gonna let that happen to me. So it's just like brain power. Right, right. Exactly. You don't want to be living in that constantly. No, absolutely not. Okay. So let's move on to a little crazy question that I hope you're okay with me asking. So... With relationships and just, you know, men in general, it's like always been a thing, always been a stigma throughout, I don't know, human time. Men get to openly masturbate and everyone knows men masturbate, but... There's a stigma for women. Yeah, it's a stigma for women that we are not supposed to masturbate or we don't masturbate or we don't need it. We need the men to get us off. Like, do you masturbate in your relationship? Well, you're going to hate me because, I, first of all, let me preface this with I'm a feminist, so I don't want to really say what I'm about to say, but I don't because I can't, meaning, like, I, I it doesn't do what I need to. I can't, like, climax. I can't. Like, it just, I actually need physically a person there. Like, I need to be with somebody. And in the past, like, past, 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 like, I... I ha- I ha- used to, and it's just not the same. Like I just can't. So these days, I don't. Um, I am. I feel like I'm a very physical person. Like I am a very sexual person, very physical, um, which my husband's really happy about. But I just, I wish it was different because I don't think that there should be a stigma. I think it's healthy. But I'm just, I just. I can't. I I totally feel that because whenever uh, I was with somebody uh, every day, I didn't need to. But do you, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but like, do you have sex a lot or do you just get so satisfied that you're okay without? Oh, no, no. Like I have sex. We have sex a lot. It's healthy. It's very healthy. What do you think? the? Do you think that there's like a limit on how much sex is too much sex in a relationship? Because I know some people feel like if you have it too much, it like ruins it. Uh, I definitely don't. I don't feel that way. Do you think that way? No, no, no. I do not think that way. No, no, no. I was, my ex was always trying to be like, we're having way too much sex. And I was like, oh, I could have way more. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think women are more sexual than guys. I just think that. I think that especially some type of women, I feel like 
like I feel like I've been way more sexual in previous relationships than than a lot of my exes, and I just it's just healthy. Like I don't have anything to be. I don't feel like I have anything to be ashamed about. I just really like that physical connection, and I'm a physical type of person, and I love passion. I love sharing that with someone. I think it's the best freaking fun, and it makes you happy for the rest of the day. And I really feel a difference afterwards. But but so yeah. So so to answer your question, like. I because I'm in a relationship I just don't need to like mm, I'm still a very sexual person but I just don't I haven't I, I just I don't masturbate because I just it doesn't do anything for me I need I, I'm the type of person even just physically like I'm the type of person that like I, I need a guy it's so- which I don't want to say I hate saying that no 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 but it's true it's so much like I masturbate all the time, but whenever I was with somebody every day, I didn't feel that need anymore because it is so much better with somebody else just because, like you said, the passion, like the heated moment, like the skin-on-skin touch, like all of that, it makes it just so much better, whether for me it's a guy or a girl, whether for you it's a guy or no guy. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, it's it's definitely much better to like get off from someone instead of like getting off yourself. But uh, it would that's I feel like whenever you're with them, like all the time, like whenever I would have like days apart or something, I feel like I would just like think about them and like I would like get off and then they would be like, oh, my God, you masturbated without me. And I was like, how many times have you jacked off? today like oh I, no like, yeah like oh no yeah that's not cool no that's not cool no. i've had that conversation and, and and thankfully like it's always been good but i'm i'm really open about that kind of thing like hey you know did you what like i remember my ex was asked was asking me uh do you watch porn and i was like yeah i watch porn mm-hmm. and he was like you watch porn like without me and i'm like yeah i i, I have done and i do and um uh and I was like, what do you? And he was like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, what's the problem then? Like, what's the what's the issue with that? But again, there's like a, there's like a stigma to it. It's like a control issue thing too. It's like a jealousy control issue that I feel like uh, men or women may have where it's like they want to be the one pleasuring you. And if they're not, then they feel like they're not doing their job. But like for me, it was like, it's not that you're not doing your job at all. I'm just like probably still horny thinking about us having sex and want to get off again. Like, I just want to keep getting off. It's, it has nothing to do with you not doing a good enough job. If it wasn't a good enough job, like if you didn't get me off enough or something, then I probably could not think about getting off for like a week. Cause I would just be like, Oh God, ew. Remember whenever I was like with that person. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, it's actually flattering. Cause I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I'm so- so I'm in such a good headspace. I just want to do more, right? Yes, exactly. Right. Um, okay, another one. I don't know if you're too uncomfortable asking this. I'm just, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Um, where do you stand with threesomes and relationships? I've never had one. I'm thinking about it. I've never had one. And here's where I stand. Like, I feel like um, if you have this, if you have a good communication and if you and your partner like want to, I say, yes, I'm just up for, I'm, I'm just up for like freedom when it comes to being, uh, open and honest with your partner or with yourself about what you want. And then as long as it's like, uh, as long as you, you're 
you know, honest with someone if you're with them. I feel like you should do whatever it is sexually that you want to do. Obviously legal, you know, but like, I feel like you should, because, you know, there's the, obviously there's some freaking awful people out there, but like, I feel like you should experiment and you should figure out what you like and then you, and you should like be experimental if that's what you want. Like, I think it's, I feel, I feel like it's healthy and I feel like it's, it's good when it's done right. And when you know that you're definitely ready for it and I don't think you should be forced into it if it's not what you want, but if you want to, then, then yeah. I watched a whole movie love on netflix and was like wow that's that's cool did you see that movie no i haven't seen that movie okay so that's a your type of movie that's a good <laughs> it's called love on netflix the opening scene is like wow and it will set you up for the rest of the uh, the rest of the movie but i loved it because it was like well yeah this is human like reproducing and having sex and being passionate and having relationships and being jealous is like a part of life and that's what this whole movie was about it was about this guy reflecting on a really passionate intimate steamy romance that he had with someone who who he broke her heart and it was just like so raw and i'm down for whatever it is to be to be a human and and it, that explored like they had a threesome in there and i was like whoa this is this is this is interesting this is good to know not that I've had a threesome, but like. <laughs> I will definitely have to check it out. I haven't had a threesome and I I thought about it. Like whenever I was in a relationship, I was like, you know, because I like guys and I like girls. So I was like, mm-hmm. maybe. And then I was like, hell no, I'm with a guy. I cannot watch him have sex with a girl in front of me. Do you even, but do you have a friend that you'd like, you know what? She's, uh, she no, wouldn't get attached. You'd be fine. I'm that friend. So okay. So but could you, so then would you go into another not with? So if you work with someone, you would be the person that would go into somebody else's duo to become a trio. I mean, yeah, I'd be down to just have like a threesome with somebody. Yeah, and I'd probably be. But if it was like somebody I knew, like if it was my friends, I'd probably be like, okay, I'm just here for the girl. I'm not here for the guy because I wouldn't want to make my girlfriend or not girlfriend but girl space friend feel awkward if i was f***ing her dude like a porn star or something yeah exactly i thought about that that would not be that would be not cool i would just pretty much be hooking up with my friend that was a girl and just like maybe you know having fun with that but like i definitely could never have my boyfriend or even my girlfriend if i had a girlfriend like hooking up with a third party because i would just be too jealous yeah i'd be jealous too i'd be massively jealous like i would be pushing them off exactly and i'm like i might end up like having sex with them and then slicing someone's throat open with a hatchet like who knows that happens when you're a passionate person i i I understand that i totally feel you (laughs) um okay so i like to know where you stand this is interesting um so I know that you just got your real estate license. Tell me how that came about. So uh, I don't know. Like I've always had this since I was like young, maybe like eighteen. I've always I've wanted to own real estate, like really bad. And I saved up. I saved up for it all my life. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I never dreamed about my wedding, but I dreamed about my first house. Oh, this first house is going to be great. Like I'm going to decorate it like this. You know, some people are like that. So um, I love that. And I got 
and then so Sash and I, we started to get property here in LA. We got a couple of rentals, and then he's got some in Australia. And then and then we bought our fifth house, and now we started to do a flip in Studio City. And um, and for the last two years, I've been studying to get the real estate license, though no one has really known about it. And I just want to use it for our own personal investments. I want to maybe, you know, be a broker to my friends, to the stars, to the celebrities. And, you know, you know, when you think big like that, I just want to be like the person that you come to is I've got your real estate needs. But I want to do like like bougie houses. I know I don't know if that sounds like unrelatable or something, but I kind of want to do bougie houses. No, that's a amazing way to get money these days. Uh they have like that new show Selling Sunset and these people are making bank. They make- they write the commission underneath there and you're like, "What?" And that show's so like guilty pleasure. It's awesome. Oh, uh, I haven't even like watched much of it. I've watched a little bit of it, but a lot of my friends watch it. And so they tell me about it a lot. But yeah, real estate is where it's at. And you can get a real estate license. Can you get it from home? Yeah, you can get it from home, right? I mean, it's some work, but you have to you have to start a course. And so they have to log how many hours you've done. And you do have to pass three tests and get three certificates. And then you have to go somewhere to do your state exam. So you can do it at home. You can study at home. But then when you take your test, you have to go somewhere for that. And it definitely takes a lot of personality, like to be really successful at it. So yeah, to be successful, because you got to get like they call it prospecting. You got to get like the clients. You got to do your job great and be on, be able to be on the phone like all the time and go to bat for them and and really just like every every time a house comes on the market, like in this market, it's going to go real fast. So if you want to get it for your clients or whatever you have to be fast and you have to like work your ass off and know people. So it's like kind of like a creative business too, you know? Yes. Ah, I love it. I love real estate. I love real estate. It's so interesting because I like it came from essentially like not any money. Like I joined the bachelor with like $0 in my bank account and uh, all of my friends around me and stuff were like talking about like, we should get our real estate licenses and all this stuff. Yeah, and, like, we were going to be selling, like, you know, homes in a a little suburb in Dallas and stuff like that. But, like, to be doing that here in L.A., selling a bunch of, like, really nice homes and stuff, like, you can make so much money off of that. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I think um, my husband's going to study for his real estate license, too, so maybe we can do it together. Oh, my gosh. And a whole new show, Selling Sunset or? I know. Some flipping farmers, dancing, real estate, some stuff like that. I don't know. But anyway, it's just fun to have, you know. It's just handy to understand the whole process a little bit more, especially if it's, if we want to buy more, you know. It's just good to have. Exactly. But right. so if you have any real estate needs, you know, I'll, I will put my hand up and say I'll be your agent. I'll give you mates rates. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. You're the best. I kind of do want to get into some of that and maybe like figure out some property to buy or something. I feel like I'm wasting my money, so I should do something. <laughs> well, the market will hopefully drop at some point. Did I just feel my dog? No. Oh, I think I just felt a ghost. Yeah, I thought my dog was down there and it's not. I'm very I'm very in tune with things like this. I'm pretty sure that there's like spirits that follow me everywhere. Like legit. <laughs> me too. Either that or it's just big invisible spiders. Right, right. Could happen. Uh-huh. So... What's next for you as real estate? Is there any other projects? 
No, uh, I mean, there's an upcoming season of Dancing with Stars. We're waiting to see, uh, you know, if we're all involved in that. So I would obviously love to be involved in that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like going with the flow, dancing, doing some real estate, maybe some investing. I'm trying to learn more about the stock market as well. I like just like, I don't know, learning more and researching and stuff like that. But for right now, it's dancing still. I love learning new stuff too. Um, that's awesome. But it was so great to get to talk to you more. I want to hang out with you. Me too. We can put put our masks on and go out at some point somewhere. I'd love that. Yeah, we can go to a little outdoor bistro, have a little dinner or something. Tell me when I'll be there. Oh, I would love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. You're so wonderful and you're so talented. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Oh, thank you. You All right. You have an awesome Instagram. What exactly is your handle again? Oh, yes. It is the Emma Slater. Okay. And then so it's at T-H-E-E-M-M-A-S-L-A-T-E-R? Yes, correct. Okay. I hope that we will see you on the new season of Dancing with the Stars. Thank you. Love you. You're the best. I love you. This was awesome. I know. It was so fun. Stay safe, babe. All right, you too. Bye, love. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you guys rate, review, and subscribe. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And check out Emma's Instagram. Check out my Instagram. Please give me a review. Tell me what you want to hear. You can DM me. Tell me what I'm doing bad, which is probably a lot because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Or tell me what I'm doing good and what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you guys so much. I love you. I would say goodnight, but it's probably daytime.